This is Atolio Conversations. I'm Luke Alley. Today, we're talking with Zane Lackey, who's a co-founder and the chief security officer at Signal Sciences, a web application security company acquired last year by Fastly. Zane shares the story of how he got into security in the first place, his path from being CISO at Etsy to co-founding Signal Sciences, and what he looks for now in the founding teams of startups, both as a buyer and as an investor. He also tells us about what being on the leading edge of DevOps from the early days has told him about where he believes the future is headed. So with that, please enjoy my conversation with Zane. Zane, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to uh, have the conversation here. Yeah, man. Well, I'm really excited to talk to you today. You know, you have a super interesting background. And so maybe let's just start at the beginning uh, and, and talk about some some formative moments for you. <laughs> I, I guess we'll go way back and do the the formative moment that actually kind of started it all for me, which was growing up as a teenager and uh I had spent months and months trying to get uh, my Linux system online because this was the mid-90s and that was actually really hard at the time with custom PPP settings and modem drivers and all this sort of stuff. Um, but I, after several months, I, I finally got my first Linux box online and I, I get on IRC, uh, a chat system, to uh, celebrate with friends. And within the first 30 seconds, somebody hacked into my system and shut it down. Uh, and I was just oh like God. mind blown. Uh, it was just this like absolutely pivotal moment where I was like, that was amazing. Like, I'm going to learn how they did it. I'm going to learn how to defend against it. And I'm going to learn that the kind of the systems that all of these things rely on to a level where I can really understand that because security is not just something that's like off in isolation to me. It's, it's part of under understanding overall systems. And so I really started jumping into that and through high school and college, spent a ton of time uh, on that, figured out actually figured out how they had broken in on that time and what they had done and what I could do to prevent that and all these different pieces. And then after college got given this really cool opportunity to go be it's actually the first employee at this security consulting company that was a really boutique small one, uh, co-founded by five different folks, these partners that were amazing. Uh, and one of them was Alex Samos, who ended up becoming the CISO of Facebook and is super well-known in the industry now. And all the other partners were absolutely amazing uh, as well. So got to work there for a number of years, move over after about what, six years at ISEC, uh, moved over to New York, helped build out the East Coast practice there. And then after ISEC got acquired, got given this really interesting opportunity that was to be the first CISO at Etsy uh, out of Brooklyn. And it was so fascinating because at the time, this is now going back 10 plus years ago, Etsy, it was Etsy on the East Coast and Netflix on the West Coast that were the ones that were pioneering what we now call DevOps. And really kind of part of that shift to cloud and what would later be called digital transformation and all these sort of pieces. And so it was myself and um, and Jason over at Netflix that were the first two CISOs to really live through this shift. And so we got to really see how much changes during that shift to DevOps, cloud, digital transformation. And really see from kind of a broader operations perspective as well as a security perspective and all the different facets inside security of that as well. 
Uh, and so it was, you know, it was particularly challenging in a fun way because uh, so many of the things that were kind of taken for granted in the industry by then turned out to no longer be true in the, this DevOps era. And so you had to kind of fundamentally reinvent whole approaches uh, to different parts of security, different parts of operations, different parts of development. And uh, a lot of times you were basically starting from scratch. You really had to learn what would work in that sort of world. Um, and the high level the themes that really came out about that, that we'll you know, talk about today, but really around visibility and empowerment and really historically so many pieces of an organization were so siloed, whether that was information or observability or anything like that. And the organizations that are doing this shift well are the ones that are really trying to empower the entire organization with those previously siloed capabilities. So one of the areas that we saw uh, back at Etsy, myself and two guys who would become my co-founders, we all worked together there at Etsy and we saw that, look, there needed to be a better way to defend our web apps and our APIs, that everything was, those were becoming critical in importance, uh, but there was really no modern way to defend them and empower teams really own the security of their apps and APIs. And so we kind of learned a bunch of lessons on that in-house. And then we we took those lessons learned and really those, you know, those things that we had learned and we we turned those into a product. We stepped out, we started Signal Sciences, and that became the, the Signal Sciences product. Uh, and so that was around 24, the beginning of 2014, uh, and we built that for close to seven years and uh, sold that off to uh, Fastly for a little under a billion uh, last year during during full COVID uh, in 2020. Uh, and it was an exciting journey. We were 150 employees. We were about 30 million in revenue. Um, it was a it was a crazy journey. We were defending a whole bunch of the Fortune 500. It was really exciting. Wild, awesome. Well, I I want to talk to you about some of the stuff that you mentioned around, you know, visibility and empowerment and and things like that. But also I wanted to get your perspective on like, I, I mean, did you always want to start your own company? Like that's a very specific. <laughs> no, it's a much dumber story. Actually. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. okay. It's uh, so the actual story, this is funny. We were, um, we had all left it at, left Etsy at different times. And myself and one of my co-founders were both happening to give a talk on security. This must've been what, 2020, the end of 2013. And we had given this talk and a friend of ours came up to us afterwards and we were chatting and he was like, Hey, don't you guys miss working together? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Like we're totally, you know, we'd love to, we'd love to find a way to work together again. And he's like, well, look, I'm not a genius, but uh, after you got off stage, you had a million people asking if they could buy anything that would solve any of the problems that you were talking about and the challenges that you were talking about. And you told them all, no, uh, maybe you want to just turn that into a product and actually solve that problem. Like, oh, well, it's funny when, uh, when you say it like that, it does seem kind of obvious, huh? Uh, and so that kind of got the ball rolling. <laughs> and uh, we started... We started kind of talking it through and um, and really it kind of went from there and the rest is history. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah. sometimes you just need somebody to say the obvious, right? Exactly. <laughs> but I, I, I do think that's really interesting, though, because I have heard before how important it is, you know, as like an investor or a buyer or whatever when you're looking at a startup to like really consider like the founding team and like their dynamic and their relationships and like this idea mm -hmm. that they they would be a team no matter what they would work were working on, you know, that like yeah. 
And uh, so I just think it's really interesting to hear that you had this chemistry. Yeah. Right. I, I think that's, you know, a defining characteristic of iconic companies is these teams that just work, I mean, work incredibly well together and often had worked together for a lot of time prior to whatever their company was, or they'd worked together at, a, at they'd started a company together and maybe sold it fairly early and then started another company together that went really big or something like that. Because the reality of it is you need to be deeply aligned with your co-founders. You, you just, you have to be, otherwise it's not going to be successful. And the reality is it's going to be, you know, some of the hardest things you've ever done. And so you need to, when you're in those incredibly stressful situations, you need to have people around you that you really like and deeply respect and trust. So speaking of that, that founding team dynamic, when you're learning about a startup, you know, as, as say as like an, an investor, do you feel like you're able, that's something that you're able to get a read on is like that, that founding team chemistry? No, absolutely. It's something that you, you really look for. And it's something that even, you know, wearing two different hats, it's something that I look for. So one wearing a hat of an investor and the other is wearing a hat as a buyer. Um, and so from the, I'll do the buyer perspective first, cause it's, it's faster, which is the first thing I go do when I go look at some vendor's website, you know, the first thing is just like, obviously taking a look to see if it even applies to some problem I'm trying to solve or anything like that. But the very first thing I actually click on when I go to a vendor site is to the about us page or any sort of about their backstory. Because the number one thing that I really look for there is, have they been practitioners? Have they been in the space? Do they really understand you know, that sort of space? And have they come from building technologies and really understanding uh, you know, the, the space of the problems that I'm trying to solve? And so from the investor side, really the same thing, right? I, my favorite sort of pattern in this sense to invest in is uh, practitioners who have lived the problem that they're they're really working on. Uh, and that is, I think, just so powerful uh, and so exciting. And then really looking, have they, have they worked together before? Have they spent time together? Because, you know, I think that that is so meaningful in the future prospects of the company. So... Going back to that transition that you made from Etsy to founding a company, of course, you experienced an enormous amount of success along the way, but obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. So what are some what are some of those big kind of lessons that you walked away with from that? Yeah, look, I, I think the kind of macro lessons here are were really, and you know, this all seems obvious when we get to talk about it ten years after the fact, but at the time, it was very non-obvious, which is that at the time, DevOps and cloud and again, what would become digital transformation, these were kind of things that only a few very bleeding edge tech companies were doing. And it was you know, pretty widely, I would say it felt that, oh, that's just a thing that a few tech companies do, but like, you know, the, the real way it all works is this way. Um, and the reality was, you know, the opposite, that that these early tech companies were kind of paving the road for what everyone would go, you know, would travel down uh, in the future. And the reason that anyone would travel down this and the real kind of lesson learned is the the techniques, uh, whether that's technology or business or whatever, the techniques that allow you to move faster are the things that are going to win. Um, and historically, it was really felt kind of like the opposite, and certainly from the security world, where it was that change and velocity 
were the enemy of security. Uh, and I, I remember standing on stage in you know 2011 and saying, this is a time when people would make a production change on average once every few months. Um, and I would I st st stood on stage and said, hey, Etsy makes production changes 30 times a day. And here's what we do to like, you know, really try to make that secure. And it was just absolutely insane uh, to even be talking about that then, because, you know, you'd be talking to a bank that's like, oh, we deploy, you know, a change once a year. And I'm like, okay, we do 30 a day. It's a very different world that you're headed towards. <laughs> uh, and I would say, you know, what actually ends up empowering all of that is historically in all these organizations, really an enterprise of any size, everything was siloed, right? You had, teams that their focus was siloed, but also the tools that supported that and the knowledge that supported that was siloed. So you had a sysops team before it was called the DevOps team, right? You had a sysops team, you had a development team, a QA team, a security team, maybe a performance or a reliability team. You had all these different ones and what they did was siloed and how they did it was siloed and the knowledge of that was siloed. And so when you looked in the early days of the shift, again, obviously in retrospect, but when you looked at this in the early days of 2010, 2011, 2012, the lesson that started to emerge was the way that companies were able to move faster and faster and faster was to bring that information and visibility and capabilities that were previously just for one team you've got to bring that to the entire organization so whether that's in a purely technical sense of maybe some graphs that one team would look at and making those graphs accessible and actually contextual to different teams or whether that was a higher level and, and information of oh this team that sits on that floor is the only ones who know how to do x y and z well the other teams need to know how to do that as well, because that's what enables them to move faster. And so the tools and the, the techniques and the products that enabled that sort of shift are the ones that really empowered these successful organizations to become successful. Can you talk a little bit more about specifically like that knowledge management and, and how that intersects with security? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the knowledge piece is it, it's really it's relearning the same lessons of DevOps uh, and applying that to kind of the, the just general institutional knowledge level in the sense that in the early days of DevOps, before even kind of DevSecOps and the security modernization, the early days of DevOps, those were the reason the term exists is that was two completely distinct groups that people figured out if you provided value between both of them, you could move faster as a result, which we results in much better business value. And so then the tools started to converge a bit, that a tool that historically only an operations person would use. Uh, well, a, a development a developer could use that as well and actually understand uh, the systems that they're deploying on better and move faster as a result, right? So a classic example of that in my mind is things like uh, Nagios, for example, to, to throw out a, a, an older one, uh, that folks may know from back when of like, this was a tool that was designed for monitoring different systems. Um, and really what folks learned is that it was only used by operations folks. But then as developers started to move faster, well, they needed to find out if their app was down or something had broken. And so they started to use more modern tools of things like PagerDuty to be noticed, uh, you know, to be alerted when something went down or Datadog to get insight into the different systems and the performance and the reliability going on there. And when you look at those from the outside, what you realize, the commonality there is that these were tools that were historically only for one silo. 
that are now for multiple silos that have buyers in either one of those and people get value in either one of those what were silos from these tools. And so security had to kind of learn that same lesson of saying, you know, hey, a product that would only be for an AppSec team. Well, if we want to actually do it right, it should also provide value to developers. Or a product that would only be for a network security team. Well, if we want to do that right, it should also provide value to DevOps engineers. And now folks are really, you know, it's kind of gone bottoms up in the sense that these changes have happened at the team level and then the organizational level. And then it becomes kind of at the, the institutional knowledge level that's really going through this shift now as well to say, hey, we need to be able to very quickly find information that you know, for team A and team E, they need to be able to find each other's information uh, in a way where historically they never were able to. And so you either just solve that on a personal level of like, hey, go to floor seven when you're at the, you know, the home office uh, and ask so-and-so. Uh, but that really doesn't, it certainly doesn't scale at the rate that we're going. And it really doesn't scale during, you know, COVID and post-COVID in this kind of more distributed environment. And so you need to kind of apply those same lessons of the folks that have done digital transformation and DevOps and cloud really well and apply those to information accessibility across your organization. Yeah, the illustration of, of you know, the, the remote work environment and the sort of sprawl and and siloing and separation of information is so such a good like illustration of that you know completely i mean i'll give you the same thing from security it's why we saw such a, a spike in business during the beginning of covid is you had uh all of these teams that maybe sat next to each other and so they felt like they could share information decently and then as soon as people became distributed from a security world, the question that they all started asking was, hey, how do we know if things are being attacked, right? We know attacks are ramping up uh, in this kind of, uh, in the early days of COVID in particular, you saw a huge spike in the number of attacks. Um, and so people felt like they had no visibility, they had no you know, protection for that. And so that led to, I think, certainly in the security world, a big increase in a number of conversations that we had with folks about they wanted to be able to get visibility across different teams and really same thing from the information world where you can't contextually just lean over and speak to your you know your neighbor in the office anymore you're all trying to coordinate via slack and zoom and teams and whatever else you're using but there's a real tax on that and you need better ways of sharing information all right last question for you kind of a curveball what's the nicest thing that anyone's done for you <laughs> Um, well, look, I won't, I won't pick a particular thing. I'll say kind of a, a trend that is a, a really nice thing that really positively surprised me, which was that, um, when we were building in the early days of building signal sciences, um, something that really surprised us and was so beneficial was how many other founders were willing to chat. Uh, and just like folks we'd never even met before that had founded really successful companies. And we were, you know, nobody's at the time, right? We were like, three people and uh, not even a seed round yet or anything. Um, and the amount of them that were willing to just jump on the phone and share advice and share feedback and really see, I've really seen the same thing as well amongst technical leaders at any style of organization that are going through the shift to DevOps, cloud, digital transformation. And so both the night, one of the nicest things that I think I've seen that is also the piece of advice I'd leave folks with that are listening to this, which is reach out to your peers reach out to your peers because we're all fighting the same battles a lot of times. Uh, and so, you know, it's very rare that I run into someone who isn't willing to share lessons learned. And I think 
I think there's just a tremendous amount of help out there uh, if you want to reach out and take advantage of it from whether that's, you know, guiding your organization through some shift as a CIO or a CTO or a CISO, whether that's as someone who's thinking about starting a company or an early founder uh, or even a late stage founder that's going on to the next stage or anything like that, reach out to your peers. Uh, if I can personally ever be helpful, more than happy to chat and just reach out to your peers. People want to be helpful. Awesome. Zane, thank you so much for talking with me. Yeah, dude. Happy to, man. No worries. Thanks for having me on. This was super fun. Thanks to Zane for the conversation. Thanks to Tom Tooney for the music. We'll see you again soon.